have your Bibles, if you'll please turning them to Psalm 23. And you'll also see in print in the bulletin, if you want to turn there as well, to a, a poem by an unknown author that takes Psalm 23 and provides some commentary on it. It's on the back panel of your bulletin. This is a well-known psalm, perhaps the most well-known piece of scripture that there ever has been. I believe it might be the first scripture I can ever recall having in my memory. I've never preached or taught it before, so this is my joy to do that this morning. Psalm 23, this is God's holy word. We're told it's a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Father, even though these words are very familiar to us. We need these truths and these promises afresh on our hearts and our minds today, especially as many of us are weary and tired. Maybe we need a reset this time of year to just focus our hearts and minds on you. Lord, would you teach us this morning. Would you help us to that end? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you were to go to visit someone that you knew was dying or in the process of dying and you wanted to go and and be with them, you wanted to go comfort them, you wanted to go and say something meaningful to them, something, something lasting, something that would give them hope, what, what would you say? What would you say to that person that you wanted to give some, some hope, some truth, some comfort to? Maybe you might take something to that person to read to them. What would you read to them? Well, I would tell you what I would do, and, and I have done this. I would read Psalm 23. What wonderful words of assurance and comfort what, what can be said or read that's more comforting and assuring that these words and these promises and these words of hope that are found here in Psalm 23? So Psalm 23, it's, it's one of those go-to passages. It's one of those go-to Bible verses in all of Scripture that people go to for, for comfort, for assurance, and for hope. And many of you don't even have to open your Bibles to... Remember the words. Perhaps it was cross-stitched in your grandmother's, you know, living room 
and you always remember, maybe you have it posted up in your home. It's for these reasons that Psalm 23 is so well known. It's the best, most beloved psalm in all of the scriptures. And again, probably the most known portion of all of the scripture. Even those who don't know the Lord, those who don't go to church, they would find a lot of comfort and, and peace and assurance in it. I don't think I've ever been to a funeral, and certainly I've never officiated a funeral in which Psalm 23 wasn't read or used in some way. It's because they provide great words of hope and comfort. When we see these words, when we read these words, the reason why they provide so much hope and comfort is because we, we see in them that there is something, there is someone that we can trust in. There's something beyond ourselves. There, there's, there's something there that we, can, that we can count on, that we can rely on, that can provide us comfort and strength. The scholar Derek Kidner states, only the Lord can lead a man through death. All other gods turn back. And the traveler must go on alone. So for those looking for hope, for those who are in need of guidance, you must be able to say, the Lord is my shepherd. He leads me and comforts me. I, I know that I'm not alone, and I know that my loved ones, perhaps, who are dying, who are wrapping up this life, who is going to take them into eternity? The Lord is my shepherd, the psalmist says. So this psalm provides two graphic pictures, two illustrations, if you will, of the intimate relationship that God has with his people. There are two word pictures given to us in this psalm that help illustrate what it is to know and to love Jesus more and more. And so those those two pictures are this. One, a shepherd and his sheep. And then secondly, there's the host and his guest. So let's look at this. Ultimately, Psalm 23, what it does for us is it helps us see Jesus. How he laid down his life for his people and how he invites us to follow him and to dine with him and to be with him forever. So let's look at these two pictures. The first is the shepherd and his sheep. So far, if you've been with us this summer, or maybe you're here for the first time, we've been studying Psalms 12 through 24. We have one more psalm to go this summer, studying those psalms. And there's several different metaphors, several different descript descriptions that we have seen of the Lord Jesus Christ, even here in the Old Testament. You might recall some of those were, would be that he is a great king, a mighty king, a conquering king, a powerful king. We also saw that he's a righteous judge. He does what is right, and he judges his enemies. We saw last week how he is a wonderful Messiah, how he was forsaken for us to bring us salvation. But now David, King David, who wrote these psalms, he uses 
one of the most intimate metaphors yet to describe what our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is like. So rather than David using a metaphor to describe the Lord Jesus in some distant way, like a king that maybe can't be approached, or rather than David using something impersonal like a rock or a shield to describe the Lord, he now describes the Lord as his shepherd. Shepherd. We know David himself was a shepherd, was he not? A lowly shepherd boy taking care of the sheep. And this is how he sees his Lord. Many of us know what a, a shepherd is. Around Christmas time, we, everybody wants to dress up to be a shepherd, right? I think I had to be the donkey one year, but I wanted to be the shepherd. We know what a shepherd does. I've actually seen a shepherd here in Madison County before. I'm driving down the road way out Cherry Tree Lane or something, and I'm, there's a shepherd with sheep. They exist. Those of you who travel to Europe, I know you still see them there in the, the countryside. A shepherd takes care of sheep. A shepherd's always with his flock. In ancient times, a shepherd slept with his flock. He always was there to guide his flock, to protect his flock, even bind up the wounds of those who might be injured in their flock, even, even discipline the sheep that get out of line. You know, a little love tap with a rod or that shepherd's crook to jerk them back in line. A shepherd forsakes a life of comfort and luxury in order to care for his flock. You know, I think this is true today and maybe back then. If somebody would ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a shepherd. I kind of like being dirty and sleeping out on the ground, you know. None of us would say that. <laughs> Shepherd is the ultimate word picture, though, that King David could have used to demonstrate the strong, intimate relationship that he has with his God. And that is why David says, the Lord is my shepherd. You're a man who is a great king, a mighty warrior, who was a shepherd himself at one time, would say, the Lord is my shepherd. There's another way here in these first few words that David uses to demonstrate, to illustrate the deep intimacy that he has with his God. Here in these very first words of Psalm 23, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. And if you look at your English translations, and many of you have heard me point this out before, and it's worth doing it again. In your, in your English Bibles, it has capital L-O-R-D. That is the English way of translating the, the proper name of God, the Old Testament name of God, that is Yahweh or Jehovah. So that's why oftentimes we will read, we will say Yahweh is my shepherd. Why, why do we need to emphasize this? The reason that we need to, to, to emphasize this and to, to take note of this is because of the intimacy that it shows. Because the name Lord is just a title. It's just, it's, just, it's just a person. It doesn't con con convey intimacy. It, it actually conveys distance. A, a Lord is someone like, whoa, my Lord, you're important. But when we use the proper name of God, it shows that intimacy. 
The reason why we want to think about this and look at this, the name Yahweh instead of just the name Lord, is because, again, we, use, we kind of lose something in the translation of the proper name of God. It's important. It's his name. It's the name that demonstrates the closeness that David has with his God. Yahweh is my shepherd. You can grasp this closeness and this intimacy that David has as we read the psalm. The name Yahweh is the great name that was revealed to Moses at the burning bush when Moses said, who are you? And God declared, I am that I am. It was a theological shorthand way of God saying that he is with his people. He is their God. He is, he is near to them. It's the covenant name of God. It's the name that shows that God is in relationship with his people, that he cares about his people, that he loves his people. That is why it is helpful for us to see here that Yahweh is my shepherd. It is that personal, intimate, close relationship that we have with God. So it's easy for the Christian to think of this being the Lord Jesus Christ. We read earlier in the service, John chapter 10, when Jesus declares himself, I am the good shepherd. Jesus is the chief shepherd, the great shepherd of the sheep. The good shepherd cares for his sheep. He provides for his sheep. He says that he will never forsake his sheep. He's, he's not a hired shepherd. He is the permanent shepherd. He's the loving shepherd, the caring shepherd, the committed shepherd. And so this psalm reminds us that God is with us. He cares for us so much that Jesus says as the good shepherd, he lays down his life. For his sheep. David even recounted his time as a shepherd in the scriptures when he would fight off a, a bear, a lion, with his slingshot. He would get between himself and his sheep to protect them. And God protected them then, and that's why he wasn't afraid to go and face Goliath. He himself was a type of Christ, was he not? Was he stood in the place? When he got before his sheep to protect them, Jesus says he lays down, he will lay down his life to protect his sheep. Let's continue to look at this close, intimate relationship that Psalm 23 describes, looking down all the way through the first four verses. And what I'd like you to do is turn to that, that poem in, in, your, in your bulletin and look at that. Look at that as, again, it provides some commentary for us. It helps us see how Jesus cares for his sheep and he, he tends to their every need. Look, look at this. By the way, I don't know who wrote this. My very first year of seminary, one of the secretaries at the seminary I went to posted this up on the wall by the coffee pot, which I had to visit a lot to stay awake for class. And, and this just has been with me for ever since. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. That's relationship, that deep, intimate relationship. I, I shall not be in want. That's supply. Notice this is a confession of faith, if you will. It means that in Christ, God has already met our greatest need. Surely he will supply all our other needs 
almost a reference to Romans 8.32. He makes me lie down in green pastures. That's rest. He leads me beside quiet waters. That's refreshment. He restores my soul. That's healing. He guides me in paths of righteousness. That's guidance. For his name's sake. That's purpose. The Lord is doing all things for his glory. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That's protection. For you are with me. That's the Lord's faithfulness. What great hope it is to know that not only is our shepherd with us in the good times, you know, the the green pastures, the refreshing and quiet waters, but he is with us, maybe even more so in the dark times, the valley of the shadow of death, the difficult times, the uncertain times. Our great shepherd, the Lord Jesus, he does not flee when times are difficult. It is in that, those dark times we need him more. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And again, that's comfort. And you may be thinking, a rod and a staff are not quite the instruments I would select for comfort. So for you children here, think about this. David is basically saying, you know, the, the family spanking spoon and the timeout chair, they comfort me. No, (laughs) that's not quite the picture we're going for here, is it? But the point is this. Even in discipline and in correction, the Lord is showing his love for us. The Bible even says that the Lord disciplines those he loves. Children, you need to know if your parents are disciplining you, it is supposed to be because they love you. They want to correct you. They want to help you on the paths of of righteousness. If you think of it like the sheep, the reason why a shepherd would have this rod is because he didn't want the sheep to go off a cliff and die or to go over where the wolf's den was. So there would be this little, little tap on the bottom with that rod. Hey, stay with the flock. Or he, he keeps wandering and going off that way, that shepherd's crook. Jerk him back with the flock. The shepherd wouldn't do that because he hates the sheep or he just loves hitting sheep. No, he wanted to keep the flock together. He wanted to protect the sheep from danger. The Lord, his protection is over us and the rod and the staff are needed to guide us on the paths of righteousness. Children, even sometimes adults need that correction. But don't go grab the family spanking spoon to try to Thank your parents. That won't work out well for you. But the com- this commentary here on this psalm, this, this poem, provides, helps us see the great love and intimate relationship that Jesus has for his sheep. This is what Jesus means when he says, I am the good shepherd. It means all these things. It means Psalm 23. But then the the, the word picture changes. The metaphor changes in verses 5 and 6. We have a second picture given here to us. 
of what the Lord Jesus is like. We have that of a dinner host and his guests. And so the scene changes dramatically. We're outdoors with the, with the sheep to all of a sudden indoors. No longer are the sheep left to graze and wander out in the wilderness. They are now invited guests at a banquet prepared by a divine host. And the host lavishes his love and provision and his goodness upon his guests. And so if you will return with me to this poem, the last part of this poem, to look at this word picture of a host and his guests at this great feast. It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That's, that's hope. That's, it says, you anoint my head with oil. That's consecration. We don't really do this nowadays, but in, in, in old times, in ancient times, you would anoint your guests with oil, these precious smelling oils, and that, that, that would be reserved for the most respected and the most prominent guests that you might invite to your home to show your, your love, your gratitude, your, your thankfulness for their presence. And here we see there's no distinction. All those invited to, to the table, to the, to the feast, are anointed with the shep, good shepherd's oil. And he says, my cup overflows. That's abundance. This is... This, this feast, there's no rations given, you know. You don't have to ask if you have to pay for the second glass of tea. Any, anybody else do that? <laughs> it it's just keeps coming. It's overflowing. Jesus' provision is that good. The, the blessing is overflowing. Surely goodness and love will follow me or mercy will follow me all the days of my life. That is great blessing. When you are with the good shepherd, there are two great blessings that you know you will always have, will always be with you, goodness and mercy. And this is the great promise that Jesus gives us when he says, I will never leave you or forsake you. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. That is security. You are safe. And then it's forever. That's eternity. Forever and ever. Always, without end. This banquet, it's not a, a single evening affair. This is not, you know, win a night with a celebrity and then you go home. This is forever, an eternal dwelling in the Father's house where we'll dwell forever. And so this psalm, it ends, it, it reaches its, its climax where this great shepherd of the sheep, Jesus himself, promises, shows us that we get to be with him forever. It shows us that the goal of life is not more stuff, it's not a mansion in heaven, it's not more jewels in your crown.
The goal is Jesus himself. You get to dwell with Jesus forever. That's the comfort and the hope that is given to us here in Psalm 23. And it's no coincidence that before us this morning is a table where our host, the Lord Jesus Christ, has given us a meal, a feast. And what we need to see this morning is that he is the meal. He is the feast. Jesus said in John chapter 6, he says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I give him for the life of the world is my flesh. So to be clear this morning, the bread and the juice, we do not believe are literally the the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. We do not believe that. We do believe that Jesus has given us this meal this morning to spiritually nourish us, that we might taste and that we might see that his goodness and his mercy are with us. Jesus is the great shepherd. He's the good shepherd, our our host. He gave his life to provide this meal for us. And as our good shepherd as our great host the the goodness and the mercy of this meal is not a one-time thing it's not a one and done it it points us the bible says a revelation to the marriage supper of the lamb you do know that right it's good news for those of us who like to eat the first thing we're going to do and get we get to heaven is feast (laughs) right The marriage supper of the Lamb, where we will feast with Jesus forever and be with him forever. And so this psalm, Psalm 23, and indeed the the supper that is before us, reminds us that, that Jesus, he actually left his role as the shepherd. And he became a sheep, a lamb, if you will. And he laid down his life for the other sheep. It means he he sacrificed himself. He shed his blood for his sheep. And if you don't know Jesus this morning, if you don't know the good shepherd, let me invite you to look to him this morning and pray simply. Be my shepherd, Lord Jesus. Lead me. And the goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. Let's pray. Well, Father, we thank you for these wonderful words of blessing and of goodness and of assurance and of comfort and of love. Jesus is our great shepherd, and that he laid down his life for his sheep. Lord, we confess to you this morning that we are sheep. Forgive us where we try to play the shepherd. Oh, Lord, we need you to be our shepherd. We need you to lead us on the path of righteousness. Lord, lead us. 
Help us to look to Jesus, our great shepherd, who willingly gave his life for us. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.